0: sell some of them you're wasting all your time and money on models
1: Paint what you have all right hello everyone and welcome to model club tv episode 39 39 holy cow
2: how'd we get this far i i don't know and you haven't murdered me Uh, there's still time (laughs) how are you scott as always scott
1: johansson my lovely co-host why am I a co-host?
2: I, I feel like I'm second fiddle.
1: Co-host? I'm a co-host, <laughs> too.
2: Okay. Well, clearly I'm the talent. Anyway. Oh,
1: How are okay. you, sir? Why
3: where we go? I'm great. You're for great? we just a
1: co-host.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah. Would you I'm see right. that
3: dust flying there? You'll probably say it's a ghost or something. Yeah, crazy it is
1: a ghost. A ghost is... is um. We're already off the rails. We're 30 seconds in. And we're off the rails. Jason wanted me to hurry up because he's got things to do. Who I do can? have things to do, which brings me. We I, I for we I mentioned it last episode, but kind of um, I had a death in the family. My girlfriend's father passed away and it's been a rough couple weeks, so I am not going to be around this weekend. So we're trying to get this episode out in time for Friday. If everything goes well, we're going to do there. But yeah, it's been a tough couple weeks around here. And it was happening kind of right when we were doing the last episode. So, a lot of that, especially our, our, our condolences yeah, to me
3: yeah, and to her Amy's, family.
1: And yeah, it sucks. It was really tough. It was really, really tough. But you know, you've had a
3: great year so far, huh? COVID. It has,
1: you know, it's been awesome. <laughs> like left and right, more and celebrities passing away. Like it's been ridiculous since the last episode.
2: Um, do you see the meme? No.
1: Did I send you the meme? You might have. Which one? With
3: uh Bob saget and Betty White going, yes what do you want to have for dinner? And she's like, How about meatloaf? And I'm like, everyone's going too soon. And I'm yeah. like, eh,
1: you <laughs> know, I, I, I uh, you're one of our favorite Chicago artists passed away. Yes, at the same time. I'm
3: talking about very favorite. Um Bill Jackson. Uh for those of you not from the Chicago area, you might have gotten Giggle Snort Hotel as a syndicated show and um bill was uh the creative force behind that and prior to that he did chicago children's television cartoon town bj dirty dragon show uh yeah he, i mean i watched every I watched. sunday morning was giggle yeah. Storm. we talked giggle about one of the the the, sunday
1: mornings yeah. um uh, the
3: other shows were every day after school and probably before you were born yeah, what yeah. Year were
1: you born some i can't say that
4: Yeah,
3: it was after that. That's right. But it was after. I mean, I remember watching it in 69, 1970. And uh, also, I will say that over the years, I've gotten some DVDs from Bill. And I got a um, print downstairs. And when he would send you stuff. And I didn't know you were going to talk about this or I would have pulled it out. But when he would send you stuff, he would draw characters from the show on the mailing envelope. Like, oh, cool. I have all the mailing envelopes. Like, I didn't want to open them because I didn't yeah. want to ruin them. <laughs> and then he sent me some various sketches of the characters. And um, I, so really sad.
1: Between um, him and Jim Henson, my love of puppets. Like, that yes. guy. Like, it's just, I, for people who don't, I love puppets. Like, that's one of my huge things. So, it's, it's been tough. And uh, Meatloaf? Which I, I've seen in concert, love Meatloaf. Louis Anderson, who I've seen live before as well. I, I think my first, between Louis Anderson and. Trent, I think Louis Anderson is my first, like, what I when I realized what stand up comedy was. Like watching his HBO special over and over about him and his family, and just like, this is amazing. And saw him live in Vegas. Actually, when I saw Louis Anderson in Vegas, was the night. <laughs> Oh my God! We were waiting in line to see Louis Anderson, and O.J. Simpson was driving around in the Bronco. That was that night, and where everyone in the casino at Bally's in Vegas was watching that. That, that was team. comedy gold, right there. That Dude, was comedy was...
3: gold night.
1: Oh so. man! So lots going on. It's just been kind of rough. So we're gen- we're going to really condense this episode down today. We're going to get rid of the uh, workbench part of the episode, and just we have we have a lot of giveaways tonight. So, if you're in for the giveaways, giveaway bonanza! It is a, a bonanza, of... a bonanza, and we had to hold some till the next episode because we got some more cool stuff. So, um, we'll get to those after news and reviews here, which we're going to get to uh, right away. The first thing I want to talk about, and I want to give everyone some homework since I'm a teacher and I get to do that. Um, I, what the hell's that for? Nothing. Teach. <laughs> Didn't know you were looking. All right. I always it's a teacher your... i got i can see over here all the time i know what's up i just choose to ignore your bullshit most of the time <laughs>
3: whatever you still I... got that nipple tattooed on your head for dave tash
1: no and... i have a i bumped my head on a shelf over there and there's a cut i bump my head awesome. all the time i'm such an idiot and you know what i broke that that model i showed today before i came on there because i dropped something <laughs> and broke up <laughs> anyway so here's everyone's homework i want everyone to go on YouTube. And go to the Figure Kit Garage, Brent Krug's channel and subscribe because they're, they're very supportive of our show and he does some really, really good in-depth reviews of a lot of the kits that have been coming out recently and I don't think he gets enough play. I think we've talked about him before on here. He's a, he emails me all the time with stuff and uh, please, everybody, go subscribe to the Figure Kit Garage, hit that bell on him. And Because I, I do not think he gets the, enough of what he deserves over there. So please, check him out. Subscribe. Great reviews. Really nice, long, in-depth. Gives you a little bit of history of stuff, too, as well. But great channel. Subscribe. Brent Krug, Figure Kit Garage. And we have something from Virginia. I want to go on record as saying that I am subscribed already. Me too. I just looked. I have to, you know what? I have to think. I don't know if Model Club TV is. I think it is. Because once I subscribe on one, like on my personal one, sometimes I forget or get confused. So I got to double check that. But yeah, everybody check it out. Figure Kit Garage on YouTube. Please go subscribe. What do we have first here, Scott? Well, you know, we have our our monthly
3: or our uh, (laughs) bi-monthly public picture here from Paul Gill. Wait a minute. And apparently... Um, this has sparked some jealousy with Mr. Calvert's dog, Cody, who watches the show with him and Wait. wants to know why he's not featured too. So, um, apparently this is going to turn into the dog section. Oh. We're going to have everybody sending us dog pictures, pet pictures, and, um, but that's okay. We like, dog. I like dogs. I like something Jason, other
1: than a dog. Please,
3: please. Jason, Jason. I love dogs. You know. Send in I, your cricket, your pet cricket picture. No, I don't have a pet it,
1: cricket. I have a pet whatever. gecko. Um, what kind of
2: dog is that? That? I, I don't know. I, I, I Calvert, I, we
1: need to know what kind of dog you're in. If I had a dog, the dog that I, I want is an Italian greyhound. That's what I want. One of these days.
2: What's an Italian greyhound? He runs away oh, from the police really
3: oh, fast. Oh, geez. Okay. He pizza and...
1: Okay.
3: That's what I wondered if this is a whippet, but I'm not sure what that's a whippet what
1: I, I don't think, maybe? I don't know. I want to know. I want to know. Mike, let us know. Send us an other pet picture. <laughs> Let's have a pet gallery at the end one day. She might have some whippet in her, but I don't know that
3: she's yeah, entirely, that's, that next, he's entirely whippet. Yeah. But I'm looking at the whippet pictures,
2: and it, it could be. Maybe. You could be right. Okay. All right, Mike,
1: let us know. All right. What do we have first from Paul Gill? Paul Gill, wait, wait, so I don't forget this time.
3: Oh, please hit the Paul. No, wait, this is not the Paul Gill time. Don't hit the button. Oh, no, I hit the, I'm editing. Oh, you idiot. Okay. Okay. What do we have? We have from the Jaeger Army. A Jaeger Army exclusive? Another Jaeger Army exclusive. That you need the card for? That you need the card for to be able to get one of these. Gotcha. Fine um, Jeff Yeager sculpts of Kurt Russell as McGrady from The Thing. And here are some photos. And this thing is, Dude. you know, and I, I used to argue with Steve a lot because I've never seen this movie. And, uh, and now, uh, Paul has thankfully picked up the slack and given me shit about movies I haven't seen. So, um, <laughs> But this is really nice. This is this is a beautiful bust,
2: and um, there's also going to be some swag that goes on here. Swag, yay!
3: And um, so there we go. So that's going to be the that, new is a, Army uh, that is
1: a that is some really nice swag. So you get Arctic State bust. Oh, this is good stuff, everybody. And
3: so, I don't know what the pricing is on this just yet. Okay. It's um, okay. I'm sure Paul will let us know when he knows or if he knows, he'll say, I told you, and I didn't put it out. Who knows? But <laughs> anyway, um, so this is this will lead us. Let's lead this into our first giveaway. Why don't we? Yes. So go ahead, explain. We have three more. Uh the Jaeger army was generous. And has decided to donate three more Jaeger Army membership uh, cards. So, um, well, I don't know. What do you want to do for these? Do you uh, I think just we have, have to email
1: us and um, uh, comment below. No, you know what? Let's do that. If you, This one for the Jaeger Army card, if you would like a Jaeger Army card, send us an email at modelclubtv at com and just say Jaeger Army card and I will put your name in the drawing. So you'll have to email for that one. Do and not needless, comment.
3: Needless to say, if you already have a Jaeger Army
1: card, you don't need a second one. Please. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so all, just people who need that, email us, and we'll put your name in the drawing for that. The other giveaways later in the episode will be comments below here. But just for the Jaeger Army card, email, and you'll be in the drawing for that. Put in there your Jaeger Army
2: card. What? Do you have a button for that? Uh, yeah, the, the email? Up. Yep. It's up right now. I can't see that. I'm not privileged. I know. Okay.
3: So the next uh, that I have up here (laughs) is Typhon Studios' uh, Millicent Patrick. It's coming very soon. I believe it's already in rubber.
1: I think I saw the pictures today when I was scrolling through stuff. And
3: these these will be coming very soon. So contact Mike
1: and uh, get on the list if you're not on the list already. Typhon Studios. Do they have a button? No, but I think we should probably end up making one.
3: Yeah. And uh, I got a little sneak peek of some of the swag you can get with this as well. And um, so there we go. Cool. And um, again, Mike was on a couple episodes ago, a super nice guy, Uh, great castings, great presentation when you do get stuff. So... You know, between this and the Jaeger Army piece, these are two quality Jeff Jaeger pieces that are coming out. Yeah. So um what do we have coming out from our friend Mr. Paul Gill? Because I he's communicating with you now. So because uh, <laughs> he knows I'm, I'm more not.
1: responsible. Uh here's the Paul Gill button. Because I mean, you've seen the movies, that's why. I, I think that's exactly why. <laughs> here's the Paul Gill button. Hey, Paul Gill. Uh head over to Gillman Productions on Facebook and if you want are interested in any of these things. And they will, uh, Paul will hook you up. So, first is from a movie that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. It is uh, the Palace Security bust. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I always loved this thing, this character, because I thought they looked like orcs. And they kind of do. So, this is a great little bust. Not little, I think it's a little bigger than some of the uh, other stuff, but it's available. Check it out. Palace security. Great SW kit, which there, I mean, and then we've talked about this before, there aren't that many of them, so support them when you can. I like and the they, base. Yeah, the, Man, base, like the, the base is, has everything to do with that character and the palace, because there's a monster that lives underneath, and that's the skull of that, so okay. it, it works. It goes together, and I don't want to see any of these walker?
3: names. Is that a, uh, a walker? No real, no relation, by the way, <laughs> is that a Walker, uh, foot at the very bottom with the f- four prongs sticking out? It
1: kind of does look like that. Yeah. I like yes. that.
3: I like That's yeah. the kind of stuff I
2: like. Yeah. So, so cool.
1: very cool. Um, so he sent us, Paul also sent us, this was, uh, his first Paul Gill and Tony Gibson started working together and collaborating on some stuff with a lot of these Fulci uh, zombie and other horror movies that he's done. And this bust is also available through him, the zombie too. You'll see some more of this stuff in the gallery later. Um, Paul just fired off so many stuff, so much stuff at me this week. Uh, But the, so this, what they're working on now is from the movie Frankenstein's army, which if you have not seen Frankenstein's army, go watch Frankenstein's army. It is not an Oscar winner, but it has, some really cool designs and uh it's basically like if there were still Nazis experimenting on people and kind of stitching people together and making Frankenstein style creations out of everything so there's a ton of stuff in that movie to kind of uh take from and work with and these are the first two and the <laughs> amazing stuff and this is in the movie there's a creepy little teddy bear head body thing going on and this is i think grabs it perfectly, and some great stuff they got coming out. So again, Gilman Productions, along with sculpted by uh, Tony Gibson. So some great stuff that's coming out from them in terms of that. What is this, a Kong? This is a Kong.
3: Um, The one on the left is 11 inches. The one on the right is 7 inches. These are 3D printed and sculpted by our very
2: good friend, Tony Cipriano. Or, as they
3: pronounce it for real, Cipriano. Cipriano. And, um, he doesn't have pricing yet. He's not taking orders yet. Um, Tony loves printing so much that he wants <laughs> to wait till he has a little stockpile of them and then he'll start selling. But it's available in two sizes. I love the base. Um, yeah. And Tony's classes, of course, are still available.
2: And, um,
3: yeah. Tony just keeps cranking them out.
1: All right. Our well, well update, up. our well winner update. And our weekly or bi uh,
3: update from my good friend, well winner. Um, he sent me this today. This is not for sale yet. So okay. and this is still, I think there's still some work that's going to be done on this, but a lot of people have asked me, is he going to do the Herculoids?" Well, I think you have your answer is yes, he is.
1: This is something um, I really want. I love the Hercules.
3: Now, I think what he's going to do is take that rock down a little bit so we see more of Zock in the back um, than just his neck. So I think he's going to bring that rock down a little bit so we see more of Zock. Zock's rock is going to get moved.
2: Um, so this is what he emailed me today. That when he puts this up... It's gonna have an int- introductory
3: price of fifty dollars for the STL. After that, after the thirty-first of this month, it's gonna be eighty-five. So, you want this? Hit it fast up on CG Trader,
2: mm-hmm. and um,
3: anybody that wants me to print this, uh, if you want to commit now. I, I could probably commit out at the $50 price, but after the 31st, if you commit to me after that, it's going to be more. It's going to be the $85 price. And this is not going to be a cheap I I can't even give you a cost of what I would charge to print this because this thing's going to
1: take a lot. It, it's, there's a lot of pieces here. I'll do it for a dollar cheaper than whatever, Scott. Yeah.
3: Oh, please. By all <laughs> means, by all means, email Jason. Okay. Kidding. I am and totally kidding. I do not have time to do it. Like we've discussed before. When I print things for someone else, okay, you're gonna buy the file. Okay. And I just got done doing this for a customer. I printed Groovy Ghoulie's money mummy. I send uh well a message. I said send me an invoice for the file. He sends me an invoice for the file. I pay him. Okay. So don't think just because I buy the file, I'm gonna give it to you. You're still gonna pay for it. Because the artist needs to make money. I think, are we going to talk about this a little more later?
1: Yeah. Okay. We have two controversies to talk about.
3: Okay. Um, so the other things from Well, and I'm not sure if I showed the one or not yet. Squiddly Diddly.
1: I love Squiddly Diddly.
3: And this is a fun, just a fun piece. Yeah. And um, I have a resin model of this, too, that Jason Peltz did years ago. And uh, I got it on eBay or somewhere. I forgot where, but I remember when he put it out, I, I wanted to get it and I never did. And then someone was selling one. So I was able to get it finally. But... And then the
2: little girl from Megilla gorilla Oh, has OG. he done McGilla? Yeah, he did McGilla. Okay. Mm-hmm. What and, about grape uh, ape? There's a
3: good, no, he has not done the grape ape yet. There's a good chance that Mr. Peebles might be done, too. Let's okay. just put it that way. I don't want to give too much away, but there's a good chance. All right. And Then also from Well, uh, the Ant and the Aardvark. And yes, the Ant is a little bit out of scale with the Aardvark, and all I can tell you is print it smaller if you want, but printing that thing as skinny as he is would be tough. So... um but there is the uh, Anthony Aardvark. Yeah. And then last but not least is, well, I hope I pronounced this right because I have not watched this cartoon. Go figure.
1: I, that's, I didn't know what it was when I saw it. I still don't. It is
3: Hyder from the Frankenstones. And I'm not even sure what the Frankenstones, going to make me look it up now because that's what I do. You are
2: the researcher. I know. You're the historian you should have this ready to go oh oh
3: wow What? if he's gonna do the rest of these i'm gonna get him so the frankenstones are a family of fictional characters obviously who appeared in the Flintstone spin spinoffs television specials through the early 80s look at that um and
2: uh holy cow if he does the dog and the uh, oof
1: well, I, I now Scott's, I'm interested. Scott's heart is palpitating. Okay. Yes, it is.
3: So um, anyway, that's the first in that series. Excellent. And again, support this. This guy does such great work. And um, yeah, you know, especially you 3D printers out there, man. If you love this stuff,
1: beautiful. Yep. This guy does just beautiful stuff. So well done. Well. All right. This Batman. What's this, Scott? This
3: is a piece I got in the mail.
2: And so Paul Gill and I were talking and he actually brought this piece up to me and how good it was. And
3: we're both fans of um the Frank Miller Dark Knight series from the early eighties. And you forced me to
1: read at gunpoint.
3: Yeah, and you didn't like it because you What's fucking it? idiot. I didn't I didn't so, like
1: not, not like it. So anyway, um Joker looks a little weird, but you know, well, it all looks weird. It was a strange new no, style looks, for back weird. then. And
3: this is based on the cover of issue two. And so he told me about this. I went looking on eBay and they were going for like 250 bucks. And it's like, I'm not paying 250 bucks for this. And then I went on Big Bad Toy Store and they still had them for 119. And so I picked it up in Big Bad Toy Store for 119. And it's sitting up on my shelf. As you can see, it needs some dusting up there. But uh, I really like this. And the colors are great. I know they look really bright. Yeah. But if you look at the magazine, they were. As a comic, that's what the colors were. So this was a beautiful, beautiful piece. Cool. And uh Paul and I got into a discussion about this whole Frank Miller Dark Knight thing. And so Paul told me how he met Frank. And uh you know, he he made the mistake he's gonna kill me of sending me this picture of a very young Paul Gill and a young Frank Miller. Oh, wow. And, uh, and that's a DC, that's a Frank Miller, dark Knight statue as well in the background there. But, uh, so Paul sent me that picture and, uh, look at the player player with the collar up and, uh, (laughs) you know,
1: that's awesome.
3: So, um, but yeah, still wearing sunglasses though. Yeah. So sorry, Paul, I had to share that one. I hope you don't get mad. We're not making funny. I think it's cool. I, I, I think I showed some young pictures of me out here one time, and it's... it's. uh Jason, did you ever show pictures of yourself with the long hair? Mm, I don't know.
2: And we should put some of those up. I'll find so one. Anyway, um, I'll put it right here.
3: Right here. Okay, there you go.
1: No, I think I showed one with me wearing makeup, didn't I? Yeah. There's remember? no telling. Part uh, of the traveling bondage? No, that was different. That was when I so was, anyway,
3: um, I had my own little story about meeting Frank Miller before this even came out, but I knew it was coming out. So he's uh, a really gracious guy uh, back then. I don't know how he is now, but back then he was cool as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so there there you go, Paul. Sorry. But <laughs> I still uh, think it's cool. So,
1: Speaking um, of people sending us stuff, Gary, but, well, Gary, a bunch of people send us, we have really cool gallery stuff. Uh, But Gary Buck sent us some pictures and I wanted to highlight this one. The rest of the pictures of this will be in the back. But he was experimenting with some UV paint and UV light and some fluorescence. And why is this a new? Like, I have never seen anyone do this before. Have you? No, it's cool. This is badass. And please check the gallery at the end for the other when he hits it with different lights and what it looks like in regular light. And it's like, there's some cool stuff to be done with some uv light and uv paint and some fluorescent like it it's i love it so please check the gallery at the end so two good paint jobs here coming up and you got and one if you're too. interested in this
3: scary buck piece uh blackheart um
1: yeah oh yeah if you're interested that's uh blackheart uh i just had a stroke. I don't have a button i just had a stroke um it's just... george stevenson <laughs> there you go george yeah we remember George? He yeah, was that George guy. Um, yeah, yeah it's, contact them for this piece, The Exorcist, based on uh, some poster art. So it's like, I that turned out really cool. It reminds me of poster art the way he painted it. So mm-hmm. awesome. And you have one that I saw as well that I wanted to show, but you grabbed it first. So go ahead.
3: Yeah. Uh, Jeff Camp and Jeff Camp is the first one I ever saw do black and white. Um, that I just was in awe of. I said, wow, that's awesome. And that was years ago at Wonderfest. The mm-hmm. um, Dracula bust. And he did, uh, again, Typhon Studios, Mike Calvert's uh, Imhotep bust, which is a beautiful piece. And Jeff did this in the black and white kind Killer of. Killer Killer. Yeah, just
1: oh, amazing. And it's not done. <laughs> so, no yeah that's no. the crazy thing it would be so, done as
3: far as I was concerned I wouldn't touch it just a
1: little right. just for the future I spoke to Jeff at Wonderfest last year Jeff I have not forgotten about you you're the next person I'm calling so we want to have you on and you're coming soon hopefully so it's just been <laughs> you know this show is nuts sometimes okay we're going to do our giveaways I'm going to do a mini workbench even though I said I wasn't going to one thing I printed. Real quick, if, just in case anyone sees them on Thingiverse, are these splatter tips for an airbrush. And I just want to give everyone a heads up. They do not fit an Iwata. But I still have my, I, I printed a new grip. Um, they do not fit on an Iwata. They're too big. And the, the valve gets in the way. The Iwata HPC and HP, HPB is what I have. And they don't fit on either of them. So if you plan on printing these splatter tips, there's only a couple that are there. I think there's one other one I wanted to try. But don't waste your time if you have an Iwata, one of these two. They don't fit. If you are looking for the ones I... Would it I printed, fit an Iwata that doesn't have the valve there? They might, but you're going to need something... Okay, that, so I think they two. would. Like, if they didn't have the valve there, if it didn't have the valve, it should... It, I think with a little bit of foam or something, it would fit on there. But since the valve's there, they don't fit up here, and it's a little too close, even if it, like it doesn't work. So okay. if you have that airbrush, they don't fit. and the file that I'm talking about, they print in a small, medium and large, like they come the file will look like three of them put together. So if you have that airbrush, they don't fit just the heads up. So that's the workbench. We're skipping through that today.: I printed gonna... something. You go ahead.:
2: I printed this little turntable. Look at that
3: and it's got a bearing in there and for those of you that don't know um <laughs> when you do uh thingy like i'm spinning it i gotta keep spinning though um so when you do thingy verse there's a few things you print that have bearings but it seems like everyone uses the same bearing Yep. and they design their stuff to fit these bearings and stuff so this bearing was a little tight snapping in here. I don't know if you've had that experience. You
1: know what? Uh, if they're they're the same as this as being a former skater, they're skateboard bearings, skateboard wheel bearings. Mm-hmm. And the, if you have a uh, skateboard bearing press, like an old skate key, there it's on there, and it'll p- help push them in. Oh, okay. I don't have one. I have to find one. Like, I know they'll fit, and I know mine's around here somewhere. But I've was managed to do it, but it was a tight fit, depending on. Well, you don't want to crack the thing
2: when you're. You, you know, it know in what? There, Since you- we're. Hold on. I can't. Since
1: we're on dumb workbench tools, bearings, this deburring tool that Jamie Sy told me to get for FDM printing is. I don't know how I've lived without this in my entire life. So you just help take you- off. If you put a brim on your piece, it helps slice off any extra plastics on the edge. It's so like. Could you use that on resin too if you want? Yeah, to? you could. And it's like. It f- it tickles my OCD so well. <laughs> like, my paint-peeling OCD. <laughs> it just, dude, how do I function as an adult? Or maybe I don't. You don't. I, yeah, okay.
3: You eat well, out of the garbage I, and <laughs> the toilet, okay? That's how you function as an adult. I know. I know. You call it fun. I'm
1: lucky to have a girlfriend. I'm lucky to have a house. I don't know. <laughs> lucky to have me. Yeah, and you. Okay, giveaways. So, like I said, we have... Um, a giveaway for next, next episode, which is not model kit related at all. And I'll talk more about, it will help keep you warm. And someone was very kind, and I'll, I'll mention all this next episode. So I, some cool stuff coming. Alright, for this episode though, we have a bunch of giveaways. And the first one is from Paul and Mark Van Tyne. Paul Gill and Mark Van Tyn. I'm pushing the button again. Uh, Paul Gill, you want to check out Gillman Productions on Facebook. So, the first thing Paul Gill sculpted by, uh, sent us, sculpted by Mark Van Time.
2: Uh, oh. oh, it's right here. Okay. I'm going to turn on the overhead cam for this. And buttons.
1: Overhead cam. Bam. All right. First, three things. This comes as a set. You have a little medallion from
2: American Werewolf in London.
1: Nice relief piece. Paint that in some gold. That would look really cool. Also in this set, American Werewolf in London hand. Mid-transformation. Everybody knows the scene where he's looking at his hand. Scott doesn't because he probably never saw the movie. And he's drinking his coffee, which tells me he has not seen that movie. I know. Drinking of his water. You know of the movie. But these are really cool collectors. These are little cool trinkets to have and be like, oh, that's awesome. And then finally, the Necronomicon from the Evil Dead series, Scott. Okay. The Isn't book of horrible The actor, Dead. Bruce Campbell. What did you just say? Campbell. What did he, what did he say? Did that you really just say that? Bruce Campbell? Yeah. Oh, light Scott up in the comments. Light yeah, him up. He's as good
3: an actor as light Peter Jackson is a director. Light, okay.
1: light yeah. him up. Light him up. All right. I need everyone. Bruce Campbell, if you just happen to be watching, I need you to come on and whip his ass. Yeah. All right. I fucking hacksaw him to death. Oh, boy. All right. So our first giveaway for this episode. That is a, that's a nice set of stuff. Again, sculpted by Mark Van Tyn, graciously donated by Paul Gill and Mark. So thank you so much for these. That's our first one. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Excellent. The next one is a collaboration between Paul Gill and Tony Gibson, and I reviewed one of Tony's pieces for AFM from the zombie, the fat zombie, I think zombie Two. So this is from zombie Holocaust, and here's what you get. A nice, these are, I love these little solid busts. Nice little tribute pieces, and they let you just go to town on your skin tones, your gore. Cause that's what these things are. They are splatter grindhouse gore movies and they're not for everybody, but the people that love this stuff, you're going to eat this up. So they, Tony Gibson has a ton of these available. Please check him out over on Paul's site and let's go, let's get some more of these out there. But thank you again for this giveaway as well. Again, please contact Paul Gill. If you want to get your own and you don't win any of these, or check out what he has. If you want to see more of these, Tony has sent in a bunch of pictures. Well, Paul sent them in, but Tony sent in a bunch of his paid jobs, a bunch of his sculptures. And they'll be in the gallery at the end of the show, but check them out. Please check out. These are the great uh, giveaways from Paul Gill. Thank you. All right. Our next giveaway is, because of our guest this episode, is Todd Powell and Michael Berglund. And they're on to talk about some of the collaborations they're doing and what they got coming out. And they have both graciously donated some things for us. So please check this stuff out. The first giveaway is Todd is produced, But here is the, is it Gigantor? What are the Gigantic Mommy bus yep. Gigantorora. Gigantor Aurora. That's how you say it. And there's a little cobra head that comes with it. I didn't just want to unwrap it. That's been 3D printed. This is a nice hefty hunk of resin. And this is, I'm going to turn on the overhead cam again. So you can see it up close, but there it is. Detailed all around. So stay tuned for the interview because he kind of talks about how he goes in and his process of making these. So it is not just a simple scan and print. It is a lot of just re-sculpting based on some very vague, uh, basically images that he captures. And it's just kind of capturing the image of what an Aurora, like tribute piece actually is when it comes down to it to kind of get the essence of what that mummy kit was originally. So this is another thing we're giving away. Scott, any comments? You jealous Um, that I'm holding this? I am because I kind of want it. So, um, Scott, when I said, I got it, he said he wanted to put his name in. I said he couldn't, but I can't.
2: So you're
1: going to have your stepson do it. Is that what's happening? No, (laughs) no. And, Idea. If anyone in my family wants to enter, <laughs> you know we have to put one of those disclaimers. No family members can enter. No, employees. We not let that happen.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um...
1: All right. And the other kit, sculpted by Tony cipriano and put out by Escape Hatch Hobbies. And after I started showing this during the interview, I went and purchased one for myself because I think this is pretty badass. This is Frankenstein's monster tribute piece as well to the. Well, what is it? The Say it again. It's the, what is that line of kit? Monsters from the movies, right? Monster scenes. Monster scenes. Uh, It's a tribute to that, to kind of go into that series. And you have an option. Not only does this one come with the Son of Frankenstein uh, fur vest, but it has
2: the regular monster jacket.
1: So it will come with both of those. And it's a 3D printed kit. Pieces here are amazingly well printed. I I love it. So, and again, I just went and bought one cuz I liked it so much. This is a great piece. Tony did a great job. Todd did a great job. So, we're giving away all four of these things today. And these are just gorgeous. Like this is a great Wait, let me go back to the regular camera to get an idea how big it is. Uh let me get it. this is with the jacket. Boom! I didn't drop it, so that's how big it is, and I love this size. It's like perfect, perfect. So that's where we are, Scott. How
2: do we give these away? Eh, eh. Just give them Let's to just, me.
1: What? Just give them to me. <laughs> no, in the comments, same as usual. Just say I'm interested in all four, or leave the ones you're interested in, and I'll write that on your ticket, and we'll go through and pull it that way. So. so that's our giveaway for this episode and I, you know what just leave your comments below and we'll figure out who wins what if you want all of them just put all of them and we'll put your name in that pile you want the zombie holocaust just say zombie holocaust if you want the Frankenstein say that if you want the uh, werewolf American werewolf in London pieces say that but these go as a set you can't get these individually those are a set so that's our giveaway. Thank you for donating. Paul Gill, Mark Van Tyn, Tony Gibson, Michael Berglund, and Todd Powell. Thank you so much for all of that great stuff. I you guys gonna... rock. Yep. You guys rock. So Before we go on to our interview with Michael Berglund and Todd Powell, Scott and I had some stuff we wanted to talk about. We're trying to keep this
2: short, so we're going to have a pretty quick discussion.
1: There's some stuff going sure. on in Hobbyland. Well, Which one do you want to tackle thing- first? Are you in focus? Yes. Which one do you want to tackle first? Guys? One of the things I would like to
3: discuss is people printing things that they buy on um, CG Trader or whatever, and they print them and then they sell them. And I, I don't have a problem. You should be paid for your printing. Absolutely. Okay. But CD Trader is a little confusing with their royalty license, but I did find a screen grab that did say this does not give you the right to print and sell. Okay. Um I want to read it right here and I should have put it in here. Royalty-free license. Product may not be sold, given or assigned to another person or entity in the form it is downloaded from the site or in a 3D physical form, okay? So
2: basically what that tells me is, and and I've been saying this from the get-go, if you're going to print for someone, no one's saying you shouldn't
3: be paid for your printing, but in the price of your printing should be the cost of the file. And make friends, I've made friends, good friends with well and well
1: let's we'll see if he says that but yeah
3: and yeah that's what someone else saw too and they found out the hard way but um <laughs> you know so the thing is what i just recently did a groovy ghoulies mummy for a guy
1: a guy and i got a guy
3: i got a guy i don't want to mention his name because he might want to be yep. Yep. you know whatever but yep. Yep. so um, in the price of that, I figured the amount for the file. When I got done, I got a hold of well, and I said, "Hey, uh, send me an invoice for the mummy." And he sent me an invoice for PayPal, and I sent him the money. And again, these guys are feeding their families with this. Okay, I don't have any problem with anyone printing, making money off of printing. Okay, But by the same token, the only reason someone's buying that print is because an artist created that print.
1: And I want to just so, jump in right there for a second. Sure. Um, A lot of these guys aren't here in the United States either. Because a lot of mm-hmm. the guys that I... Uh, Megs and Carlos, these are people that don't live here. And $10 here is a big difference somewhere else. And it goes a long way. And, and please keep that in mind and the other thing i do want to say though is we're not saying because there's and the, and the thing that i think makes this very confusing for people and and there it is confusing it's not for people it's confusing for me as well is that every time you buy a file there's different rights for that and depending on where you bought it and how you bought it you have different mm-hmm. rights as well so like on patreon For if you follow somebody on Patreon, some Patreons will say for five dollars a month, you can print as many as you want and sell as many of those prints as you want. Like the one guy you follow, right? Right. Right. There's people that I follow that if you pay fifteen dollars a month, you're only allowed to print for yourself and that's it. If you pay thirty dollars a month, that's basically a retail uh license and you can print and sell as many as you want. Where the problem's coming in. Is that no one knows what you have unless you're honest about it. So there's some guys, I'm sure, on Etsy that have done everything correctly and are selling things correctly. And then there's other people on Etsy who are just taking those files they're finding or stealing those files or buying those files and putting them on there. And you have no idea Mm -hmm. what's happening. And it's, we got, I think, as a community and as a hobby, if we want to keep this stuff going, and much like recasting in garage kits, we're gonna to have to police it ourselves a little bit. And that's not to say go out and be a jag, but sometimes you gotta be a jag to try and bring some of this in. Because we want we don't we want people to be paid, you know? It's Well, when I
2: started out, I think Well had like ten kits out. And he's up to like sixty eight now.
3: Okay. Yeah. And the Herculoids we sh- uh, showed, I think, will be a tremendous seller for him. Another thing is, it, you know, and, and again, it goes to different levels. Okay. So I ran into a gentleman that was printing stuff, but not reimbursing well for the stuff. I will say this at least he wasn't giving the file away.
1: That's okay? a whole other thing.
3: And, and when you see people, you three D printing guys, either getting into this new or whatever. When you go on Etsy and you see STL files for sale, go to CG Trader, go to uh, what is it, Cult Three D, yep. go to My, My Mini, Mini Factory, Factory, yep, any of those places. And, and I'm not saying there's not any underhanded shit going on there, but for the most part, that's pretty well pleased, and you're going to be buying from the original sculptor. Yeah. Okay,
1: there's still and, you,
3: can and see, I'm sure there's
1: yep. people. St-
3: Selling STLs that are legitimate on Etsy, but find out, do your homework. and okay? I think I've
1: seen people take a free file that they set, found somewhere and try and sell it somewhere too. Yeah, it, it's it, it's tough, and if you're not well, buyer beware. It, but yes, yeah, buyer beware, and educate yourself, please. I think that's I think the best advice is what you just said. If you see something, if you're on Etsy and you see an STL file or a print. Go to any of those other sites and just search and try and find it. See how much the price is. See if it's comparable. See if it looks suspicious. Ask the person, like, hey, do you have the right to sell this? Just come right out if you're not sure about it. And if they're not, don't buy from them. Try and do it the right way. It's the best
2: way to do it. And here's the thing most of these files,
3: I'm not saying I haven't seen them in the $50 range. Okay. But a lot of these files are in the, 15 to 25 dollar range okay and it's like so you buy something for 25 dollars because you love it and you want to print it that's awesome okay but you have to go sell that file now now you have to go sell that file And it's like if you're that hard up for the money you're in the wrong hobbies yeah okay it, really job. you're in the wrong hobby yeah all right and uh you know I, just just do the right thing and, and I found someone I won't I, he was gonna get brought out, but um he made peace with Well and Well's okay with whatever he's doing and I'm okay with as long as well's okay, but um Trust me, if I see somebody selling Wells files or something, I'm going to chase down, like, and those that know the old Scott. Yeah, I was just going to say, of you know
1: Scott Johansson. When
3: I get a hold of something, I'm like a dog with his favorite bone. I'm not going to let it go. Scott needs a
1: target. (laughs) uh,
3: Do not, do not fuck over one of my friends. And uh, I consider well a friend, and I know I've helped bring him some business i don't even know how much but i know i've helped bring him some business and i know one one gentleman in particular that actually hired him to do a sculpt and was very happy so yeah well um, let's leave it there do the right thing yeah do the right thing don't don't be a dick i think i've said it before yes i think that's uh, yes
1: don't be a dick dick. okay our second controversy (laughs) before we get to our interview with uh todd powell michael berglund um We have tried to keep politics out of this show, permanently, like for the most part, and we're gonna try and do our best to do it in this part as well. But I will say this: if anyone is friends with me on Facebook, you know where I stand on most things. I am I am an open book when it comes to that, and I highly suggest if you don't like arguing, don't be my friend on Facebook. That's where I like to argue. If you like to see stuff I make, follow me on Instagram. That to preface this, what we're gonna talk about is the PayPal tax issue. And it's a mess. It has sent ripples through the hobby of people. And I'm going to say this, and I think Scott will agree, pay your taxes, right? If a tax is there, you should be paying your taxes. If you're Absolutely. making income, you should be paying your taxes. Um, You should not be cheating on those taxes. That is
2: our, our blanket statement. But it is very
1: shitty, I think, to go after when, when you say, Scott, go ahead and I'll let you talk to a little bit about this too. Give us the general controversy right away and I'll give my opinion. I think the general
3: controversy is, and eBay is doing it, um, PayPal and some other third party money handlers are doing it. And that is once you reach a $600 threshold. They're going to issue a 1099-K.
2: Um, so
3: there's some things, and and, and I'm not an expert. In, man, I'll tell you, if there's somebody out there that is an expert, uh, let us we know. We should have an, should want have you have an to account. To,
1: on. Do we have an account? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> we have an account. I want you to come on. But my
3: understanding of it is um, you can still use friends and family on PayPal. For now, they're not going to chase you down. But how long before PayPal chases you down? Right. Okay. Now, when you use friends and family, it's probably not a good idea to put on there like friends and family for the mummy bust. Okay. Because that's going to raise the big red flag that says, wait a minute, you're still buying goods and services. So a lot of this is coming from goods and services. Now, the bad thing about that is you better really trust someone you're sending friends and family to. PayPal's going to catch on eventually. And when they do, my opinion is... I'm sure they've caught on. They'll start charging fees. They'll start charging fees. But it may still be a way around the
1: 1099K. So, but this is... We can't look at this in a bubble for a little bit. This goes... If something would have passed in Congress, this would have went with any $600 deposit into your checking account or bank account Yes, would have been scrutinized as well. Which to me is... A flagrant grab at money because Mm -hmm. and they say, oh, this is the to try and get tax cheats out of the rich tax cheat. If you're going after six hundred dollars for any deposit into a bank account, and luckily that bill didn't pass yet, if you're going after that, that tells me that's not your target. And this is where I'm gonna for anyone who does not believe me, when the current, and I'm not gonna say anything bad about anybody. But the current administration, when they came into office, one of their first things is they have started to hire, the goal is 87,000 new IRS agents. We'll probably get flagged on here. Watch it. it will be our first episode We get flagged. So they've hired 87,000 new IRS a- agents. The IRS is being weaponized, period. They're going to go after everybody. And it's, they're going after the wrong people. Because if, if they're going to start going after $600, that's nothing. Right. You have, you've had family members sell you money. You've had family members PayPal you money for things. And if it's over $600, you're instantly thrown into the system where you have to explain yourself. And that's ridiculous. My girlfriend will give me money every month for, like, for the mortgage and stuff. Like, we share our stuff. So when I make the deposit every month, we'd have to make sure it's underneath the right amount of money so that we don't get flagged for stuff. And I just, I really don't like the way this is going with a lot of stuff. And it's scary. That being said, the people that have been skirting around forever, your days are over and it sucks, but you got to stay on the level now because they're coming after you. Right. If you don't well, believe me, go look at how many IRS agents they hired. They're coming after you and get your and shit. I'll add,
3: I'll add to this is do I look at the guy making resin kits as is? Is cheating the government? I guess technically, if you're not reporting it, it's income sure. Yes, but but again, what what a guy making resin kits? You know, now there's guys that are set up as legitimate businesses too. Don't get me wrong, uh, Jesse Garcia, yes. you know uh, George Stevenson, they're set up as legitimate businesses, and I'm I'm sure they have been above board forever. But the average Joe, actual garage kit guy. Okay, um, it it it, it's it's peanuts. They're coming after him for peanuts, and that's that's under the guise of other things. And 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 again, I don't want to get political, and because my fear is, regardless of what side you're on, this side's done it. But I don't see the other side repelling it because once they got income coming in, they're gonna keep it coming in, Mm -hmm. and it's just a shame because I think it's going to affect how we do business. We're going to go back to the stone ages of checks and money orders again.
1: Yeah. Okay. Remember that I, I was when we first started talking about this, go into the, go into the currency exchange to get your money order to send, or to, pers- to send somebody yep. that you bought something on eBay to like, yep. and I, I guess I'm ch- the one. Or I they one- take
3: a check, but you got to wait till the check clears. Yeah. And, and again, it's all about trust Then at that point
1: I have, and this is dangerous. I have one client that I paint stuff for one and it's only because I really like the guy and he just sends me a box and there's cash in it and he just, and it's not a lot of cash, but it's like, here's my, em- and we're like, luckily, nothing's gotten, is. I know, <laughs> luckily nothing's <laughs> gotten lost, but it's like, that's what it's going to be. Like, it's just going to be people hoarding money into their bed. but Like you said, then if they, if they pass the other thing where they're going to, it's bu- and,
3: and so what it's gonna force you to do is is from my understanding of it, maybe I'm wrong. My understanding of it is you're gonna have to keep meticulous records. Okay. So if Jason and I go to dinner and I pay for it and he Zell pays me his half, he better keep track that was for half a dinner. Right. And I better well, I I better keep track of that was half for right. dinner. Or say to Jason, put a memo on there. Um to give it's you an stupid. idea, I recently uh I, I lent one of my kids um a larger amount of money, and as I my was,
1: parents have done too, and he
3: just paid me back and i I paid him paid me back to Zell. That's how I transferred him the money, yep. okay now that's gonna be income for me, okay, I'm going through this with that. my
1: parents right now when my last year when my furnace died i I had to come up with some money they like help me out I'm paying them back a certain amount of money every month to pay off that, and that would be income for them. When it's like, no, they loaned me money that went to a company. Not to mm-hmm. me. It, it, it's dumb.
3: But anyway. Well, and then the eBay thing, too, I'll touch on. So I have a lot of collectibles, Bowen statues, what have you. Okay. I bought these things and paid sales tax on these things 20 years ago. Okay. Now, when I sell them, It's bad enough that someone else has to pay sales tax on them, but okay, whatever. That's the game. I get it. Okay. But now on top of that,
2: I have to report that as income. Yeah. Okay.
3: Now they say, well, if you lose money, then you can, you know, knock that off the top. How do you prove that? How do you, I bought a collectible 20 years ago for a hundred dollars and it's only really worth 50. Right. Okay. How do I show that loss? I right. mean, it's and so this doesn't mention on. Yeah, and I'm not saying I understand it completely, no. but if I understand it the way I think I understand it, it's garbage, and I don't care who did it. It's garbage. Yeah.
2: Oh.
1: So all right,
2: let's Enough leave it
1: for at that. that. Any leave put that discussion below. I'd love to hear people's thoughts on both of those things. Um, yeah. And it, maybe we're wrong. And maybe I'm tell wrong us we're wrong. Interpretation I'd love to know of it. Yep. Okay.
3: And I'd love to have someone on that can explain it to me that doesn't work for the IRS. Hopefully, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> well you know,
1: <laughs> I'm waiting. It's. I think it's not just the IRS going to show up at my door.
3: And I want to say one more thing about it, real quick, if I can, and that is, a lot of people in this hobby are in the Social Security age. Okay, if you claim your Social Security before 67, okay, you're only allowed to make x amount of dollars before you have to start paying them money back okay so you know again i'm just putting a scenario out there so here's this baby boomer that bought all this shit he says ah, i'm old i'm getting old i want to sell this shit well it's got some value but oh i can only sell this much of it because otherwise it's going to count against my social security and that's just it's bullshit yeah
1: it's, it is. I, I think your option there is get a table at Wonderfest cash yeah that's i think that's it but it's
3: a unfortunately it's a world of sell online yeah okay and what's going to happen i don't know i don't know what's going to happen with it but uh
1: all the way around all right everybody thanks for bearing with us on that
2: i'm sure a lot of
1: people skipped right through it so um we have a, a great interview here with michael berglund and todd powell of escape hatch hobbies they got some great stuff coming out and it's a great discussion. We even had a, a, a great discussion afterwards that we couldn't put on, but uh, it was longer. We're going to have them both back eventually. Uh, Todd, we have, Todd's internet is, is he, uh, sketchy where he is, so we have to do it quick. Um, enjoy. We'll see you after. All right, everybody. We are back with Michael Berglund and Todd Powell of Escape Hatch Hobbies. Uh, how's it going tonight, guys? Good. Thanks. Awesome. awesome. Glad to be here. Uh, can we fantastic. do a, a A temperature check where everybody is, just because. Oh, I'm sure. Five degrees here. <laughs> Todd, we're, how we're what's the temperature,
5: temperature there? Probably about the same.
0: Okay, it's, it's, it's
5: you
1: yeah. know. I'm at and four. Mike, four. Okay, and Michael, we're about to give you the finger. What's the I temperature?
0: Probably shouldn't say. <laughs> like sixty-eight degrees. Yeah. It's quite lovely where I am right now. Thanks.
1: Excellent. You. Excellent. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous. <laughs> Although yep. I like the very cold, when it's minus thirty, I, re- I like—I don't know—there's something about it. it makes you feel alive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, right. I'm from I'm from Minnesota, but I'm wintering in Arizona for the first time this year. So uh, awesome! Uh, this is a major escape for me. So it's a culture it's been, shock? No, it's fantastic. Okay. I love it. I won't, I'm not going back in the winter ever again. That's all do to it. Awesome. I was born and raised in Canada. So man, 30 below, I'm no stranger to yeah. that. Uh, yeah.
1: Fantastic.
0: So,
1: uh, so we thought we'd have you guys on for a quick update with escape Hatch and the stuff you guys are doing together and just a quick history of how you guys got together on a lot of this stuff. So let's kind of start there. How did you guys come together to come up with some really cool stuff that you're doing?
5: Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll actually go back a few years. Um I uh I spent, like six six and a half years working in a paleo lab uh, as the chief mold maker um the it was it's in woodland park colorado believe it or not um i chucked my job you know after 20 years and we moved to the mountains and um uh, and i went to work as a mold maker which skill i learned because of this hobby anyway so the museum that is connected to the lab had a you know a life you know a, a cast copy of the skeleton of stan the t-rex you know stan's famous because they auctioned him off um what a year or two ago for millions of dollars i don't, I don't remember how much they made for him but anyway so we had the cast copy of him um naturally i like stan it's a t-rex it was neat i don't know how much later michael could say probably two or three years later george stevenson of blackheart models unveiled his wall hanger of stan the t-rex which Michael sculpted. Um, Yeah. And I remember I I loved it from the start. George shared some videos that I think might have been shot on Minnesota public radio or public television or something. I don't remember exactly the source. Yeah. Um, And Michael talked about the, you know, how he got the job, the people who inspired him, all these people and lots and lots of common names were coming up. People that, you know, my boss was routinely dealing with. Michael was dealing with. so anyway, uh, and, and in one of these videos, Michael showed himself, or, well, somebody he, he was molding his bust, uh, the stand the T-Rex bust. And he was doing this kind of a, I, we call it a thixotropic mold. It was just basically a, he was kind of buttering the rubber onto the sculpture. And at one point he took an air hose. And this, is, this is the kind of thing that leaps out to guys like me that nobody else on the planet noticed. He took an air hose and he agitated the surface of that sculpture. Uh, the, the silicone on the sculpture. I'd never seen anything like that. My boss had never seen it. my boss had made thousands of molds. He'd never seen anything like that. But I tried it out on some of these big skeletons I was doing. And I realized, you know, you think you're going to spray something with that kind of air pressure and it's going to it's going to introduce air bubbles. But in fact it uncovered all kinds of them. It made my life easier. So you know all of a sudden I realized <laughs> this is a guy who knows what he's talking about. It's funny. I, I, I want to go on the
3: record real quick as saying I've been doing this for years. Uh-huh. I have a little, uh, inflator, like for a bed or whatever. And when mm-hmm. I make a small mold, it, it only blows out at about 20 PSI. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't go right down on the piece, but I do go around the piece and you'll see the little air bubbles pop up and stuff. And, uh, it does work. So.
5: Yeah. And and we've never seen anything like it. I, I, I spent years teaching everybody who came in behind me. That's do this. When you make this giant mold, it was, it it's, it, I mean, Nobody who hasn't done it doesn't know that every now and then you think you've got something great, you're pulling it apart and you realize you've captured this giant air bubble in there. Um <laughs> that solved it. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so you know, we fast forward a few years. I left the lab to become, you know, run a, eventually what became escape hatch out of my home, doing some um, freelance casting for other people. And a lot of my work is built around Aurora complementary stuff, lots of lots of replacement parts you know, figure kits that are in the Aurora scale. It's all supposed to be targeting that these guys like Scott and me and, and Michael mm. who've, who've been doing this for a while. I, I guess Jason doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. Whatever. <laughs> <No, he doesn't.
1: laughs> no. But anyway, doing it a so while, I, it's not that long.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I started paying attention to what he was doing. He introduced a spring heel Jack, I think about a year and a half ago, Yeah, which it's based on a, an old comic book cover you know gold key or one of those those you know comic labels that long gone it's a fantastic cover and he just he translated that thing to three dimensions perfectly he's got his gigant aurora stuff you know i i just i like that i like that i like that and you know eventually i don't know sometime after i became a, a moderator for this monarch models group and of course michael's working for for monarch now he did the fly it's it's coming out should be this year which looks amazing Shouldn't be too much longer yeah, it does. We'll talk about that in and, a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We should. Yeah. Getting close. Yeah. So, after after I did that, I was trying to just honestly, I try, my main folk things with the group were talk about Monarch. I don't I don't need to hear about 17,000 other things and stop griping. That's my basic approach to the group. There's a lot of people who, who think, you know, when they put out their wish lists, you, they're actually considering a demand list. You know, this is what I want to want it now. And you are. Totally screwed up if you don't do it. I don't know. if You deserve to go out of business and go to hell. Anyway, you know uh, guys
3: have two names <laughs> that are the same that start uh,
5: with L. Yeah, I don't want to get into that.
3: <laughs> anyway.
5: Michael got in touch with me shortly after that. He was getting ready to pack up and go to Arizona and uh talked about coordinating our efforts a bit. And so now I'm, you know, it's, it's kind of complicated this 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 house of cards we've built around it because you know, some of his stuff is coming from Dean Millerman, who's a fantastic caster. Um, you know, he's sending, he's, Michael's having the stuff sent to me and I'm selling it through Escape Hatch. Some of it is stuff that, um, I mean, like I just, I just molded the Gigant Aurora Mummy bust. So, and and we're doing some co-productions. Basically, some of this is still Michael's stuff. It's still his productions, but we're selling it with me in coordination with me. Some of it we're, we're coordinating together to do some co-productions and, um, uh, I mean, this was just a no brainer for me. You know, Mike, he approached me. He's, we, our our missions were really parallel. It, it was, it was, it just worked out really well for me.
1: Fantastic. I think that covered it. Yeah, that does. Um, Mike, your side of that story, how oh, similar? My side.
0: Well, I, I guess an awful lot of the same thing. I've been kind of on the fringes of this hobby since the 90s. I uh, met George Stevenson like in 1990, I think. And we used to do all the molding and casting for geometric design back in the day. Mm-hmm. I did a uh, Mummy for George and the Fright Night Bat, both of which are ridiculously rare Yes, uh, to this day. I, there weren't that many of them. Uh, my partner and I also built all of George's vinyl casting equipment, vinyl pouring, when he did all the Star Trek stuff. So it's just been kind of like we've been little Swiss Army knives in the background for George as he's been working through his business. <laughs> and uh number of years flash forward and I've, I've got a job. I was creative director at a brewery in Minnesota, so I've been doing beer labels for 10 years. And uh, I got back into photography in the basement and started shooting pictures of my Aurora model kits and I uh, sent them to George just like, hey, you like this stuff. This is cool. And his first thing was, uh, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you sculpting stuff for me? You know, like, (laughs) I'm like, well, we haven't talked for a couple of years, we got together. And uh, so he really encouraged me, gave me a few uh, little things to start work with Blackheart, start up doing things with him again. And, uh, you know, he's like, why aren't you doing your own stuff? So Spring Heel Jack was kind of the beginning of all of that. And um, got into the digital realm more and more into zbrush i've been doing kind of a hybrid of actual clay sculpting and digital but digital seems to me to be kind of where it's at and i started selling it myself and and the heap i did that and then started doing busts well when the time came to come down to arizona i'm i'm working hanging out with my mom down here and doing some family stuff hybrid Mm -hmm. of stuff i went wait a minute uh, fulfillment is going to be a huge problem like i don't have a warehouse down here. I don't even have a little shop. None of that kind of stuff. And and Todd's stuff and escape hatch with all the little replacement Aurora stuff. To me, it just seemed like again, perf this is a perfect website that my stuff could live, could live on. And so I just approached him. I said, are you interested in taking some of this stuff off my hands and working together on stuff? And it, it seems to have fallen into place really quickly, you know. So Todd, both, we're you, both really happy.
1: You bring it up. Todd, your website's really nice. <laughs> when I was going through it, <laughs> that, yeah, like, like last month for something, it looks really good. It's done really well, and you're, it's, it jumps out at you as opposed to just, you know, here's my Facebook group or here's my webpage with just a price. And, like, it looks really cool what you've done there. And I really I think people need to head over there. Give the website address real quick <laughs> for people.
5: It's escapehatchhobbies.com. And I need to mention. Okay, Harry Malone is Spock, and uh, he's okay. been a clubhouse administrator since before I joined, which was back in two thousand one. Um, he did the model museum for for years and years, which yeah. is a fantastic re- reference. Now he's doing the the clubhouse gallery, which is just the continuation that you know the, the the new tools that he's using. Harry takes this stuff, and and I mean, it's just amazing what he does with it. He has fun. He's creative. It's fantastic. I mean, I I owe a lot of what's worked about Escape Hatch to him. You should check out his the, the recent page that he did for the day the world ended. It, it's that's the funny. one I was looking it's, at. <laughs> it, yes, isn't that great?
1: Yep. It is really well and done.
5: He, yeah, so I I I could spend the next half hour praising Harry because okay, he he really it's a huge deal what he's done for me and for a lot of other producers. Scott, did
1: you have anything before I just keep talking? Um. I'll just keep talking. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'm (laughs) I'm busy. I'm looking at Todd's site. Uh, Michael, when when George brought those early geometric kits to you, the the Fright Night Bat, and what did you say the other one
0: was? (coughs) Uh, I did a mummy. The mummy. Okay. Uh, Okay. We did did uh, some bases for them, all kinds of different things. Were you
1: into the kits then, or were you just kind of like, oh, this is new. I'll help you build molds, and that's what got you into it? Or were you just kind of...
0: All my Aurora kits are original. Okay. Okay, and I bought them on the shelf when I was a kid and built them. And uh it's been so that's how long I've been into it. Okay. Um I'm, I'm, one of my favorite stories was I found the creature and I found it on a in a hobby store and I built it and I brought it into school for show and tell. I'm like, "Look at this cool thing that I built." <laughs> and somebody says at the time, "Oh yeah, that movie was on TV on Saturday night." And I went there's a movie. (laughs) Like I just, so uh, yeah, I was a kid and I didn't know. So I, I built, um, you know, all of the uh, original monsters, a bunch of the monster scenes, the prehistoric scenes, um, uh, the planet of the apes kits. and, And I put them all in boxes and I kept them. I just, kept them and moved from Canada to the United States. And somehow I had them in boxes. Um, when a, a friend and I started our special effects company, I had a shop and I started bringing them out and spraying them down. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big kid now. I'm going to refurbish these things. So I had the same mummy that everybody else did, where you just poured red paint all over it. <laughs> bloody, bloody. Yeah. Um, so I was way into that stuff, but I hadn't really been into garage kits. And George just happened to find us, believe it or not, there were phone books in those days. He opened the phone book (laughs) in Minneapolis and looked up special effects. (laughs) Wow, There's two companies in there, (laughs) you know, and we were one of them. And he just called us randomly and said, you guys do special effects. Here's what I'm doing. So I I had no idea what the garage world was at that time. And certainly almost no one did. It was just kind of firing up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. so, no, I've just always, these Aurora things are just wired into my DNA, right? They are the closest thing to my childhood, you know, big time.
1: And I, I've told this story before. My, they're wired into my DNA, too, even though I didn't build them, is that I would go to my grandma's house, and she would pull out my uncle's that she had in the boxes in the basement and show them. Mm-hmm. And so he a couple of years ago, he gave me all of his. And so I have all of his original Aurora's. But the mummy Price. is exactly like you just said. There's blood all over it for some reason,
3: <laughs> and I don't. Everybody did that. I don't know why.
1: Because so, I think because it was hard to paint bandages, so they're just like they were. Because <laughs> it was on the box art. So, yeah, there's
0: it? blood in the you box know, art too. Oh, there's okay. blood in the box art. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So. Oh man!
0: All right. Uh, so
1: what's the next big thing you guys got coming?
0: Well, okay. Um,
5: first of all, uh, no. You know about the mummy. I want to show some things about the mummy, some stuff that when I saw his gigantic Aurora busts in person, stuff that really uh, came home to me. But you know, I think I'll let, I'll let Michael talk about what he's working on. The, th- the thing is, you know, Michael do- did the fly for Monarch, and of course, we've known for what a couple years or so that uh, Monarch's going to do the fly. And I started talking with Scott McKillop a couple of years ago about replacement sets that I envisioned for the fly. Well, I'm I'm in Michael's dust on that because <laughs> I'll let you tell let him tell a little bit of what he's yeah, up to. How did to the
1: there. fly come about? First of all, with Monarch.
0: Oh, I'm. Mean, how did I get, well, Um Springheel Jack. And so it's interesting. Cause I start, I joined all these forums like just a year and a half ago and started kind of playing around and showing my photography. And I decided to put Spring Hill Jack out there. George was, encouraging me, but I'm like, I don't know if anybody's going to care. I called George and Mark Worthling and somebody else. I'm like, do you remember this gold key cover? And they're like, no, no. (laughs) So I thought maybe I'm nuts. No one remembers this thing that's been haunting me my whole life, but I put it out there and I got enough response and that kind of fires me up to keep going. Right. And so I said, yeah, I think I'm going to do this thing. And so I did it. I finished it. Got it casted, molded, and started selling it. That fall, after it had been out for a while, I got a message from Scott. And he basically said, hey, um, are you interested in maybe talking with me about doing some stuff? And how'd you find me? He said, I've been watching this spring Hill Jack thing since the very beginning. And he basically just said, look, you're a guy that said, here's a thing I'm going to do. And then you did it. And it's good. And I like it. He Basically, I was under audition with him for a few months i didn't <laughs> even know it you know and uh we started to work on conga together which Was the one that he kind of brought to me first and said do you want to do this and i said sure and we headed off just really great i mean we just similar sensibility we had a good banter back and forth and it all fell into place he's super happy and i'm super happy and one day he starts telling me kind of the tale of woe with the fly because as we all know he was going to produce that thing, what, over 10 years ago. So I'm like, it's been in languishing for a long time. He had um, several parts, some digital, some analog, things that were out of scale and out of proportion. And I, he's just like, what am I going to do? And I just said, send me your box of stuff. And I opened it up when I got here and it was just some digital files. It was just kind of a nothing matched. I said i'm I'm happy to kind of bring this thing together for you and and kind of make it all happen and so uh we kind of redesigned it what the base was and the pose and anyway it's it's been a real amazing thrill to be working on that particular thing to to have a styrene kit you know that I've like. I pinch me. Yes, <laughs> you know I told you about my auroras when I was a kid. This is yeah. kind of like the dream I didn't know I could dream, and that, <laughs> that's what I—that's how I describe it. So you
3: know. when you sculpt something that's going to go for styrene, that's going to yeah. be put into styrene, because I know Jeff mentioned this too when he sculpts in clay. Are there are certain things you have to do differently when you're sculpting it. Ooh, as far is as I mean. do you have to half the piece, or do you? You know, I mean.
0: Yes and yes and no. Um, you have to be mindful of the fact that you can't have the same amount of detail that you do in a resin uh, piece. But the engineers that we're working with in China are wizards, absolute wizards. And I started kind of cutting things up differently, and then they came back and said, "Oh no no no, we think it should be like this, or we'll change it." And here they just grabbed the files and and did it. And so I'm delivering files for another one now another one new one um but but i'm not as concerned about what you're talking about scott i'm an old school molder and caster guy so i'm always thinking about parting lines and drafting and undercuts and things especially in styrene world but the engineers in china have been fantastic to work with they really get it and uh so that's kind of cool i do try to get things as close as i can for them uh so that you know, I don't have to redo things and, and make it easier on them. But um, yeah, the parting lines and stuff, um, they've been taking care of that when it comes time to make the tooling. So
1: brings you to Todd. Yeah,
0: well, but... so I've, I'm, I, hey, I, we have Todd and I here have an unfair advantage because he <laughs> he's got an amazing store and I have all the original files for the fly. <laughs> so, right. uh, yeah. we can, you can kind of hit the ground running here, and I always had it in my mind that uh, add-on packs would be really a lot of fun. So, and and Todd started asking me about it. This is another one of these things that between Todd and I just sort of spontaneously combusted, like we were both thinking about it. This is a great thing. So, return of the fly is the low-hanging fruit, right? The the big-headed guy, and and that's been sketched out. I have two others sketched out that uh, we are not prepared to reveal at okay. this juncture, <laughs> uh, but they're pretty, they're pretty far along, and I think they're pretty cool, and I try to think in unexpected ways. But essentially what we have is a mad scientist with a lab coat, right? So any mad scientist that has shocked themselves, electrified themselves, drunk something they shouldn't, basically, you know, playing around with nature, this is a great kit to modify, you know? So- yeah,
1: it. Really
0: Todd just holding
3: back. He wants to come on again. I know that's what's going
0: on. Well, <laughs> uh, and 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 uh, Todd, you mentioned a great thing today. Anybody who's watching this got some ideas for some modification add-on kits, as they say. Put them in the comments below. Yeah, we absolutely. Don't I'm, these things. I'm not doing that anymore because that Warling making a
3: mint <laughs> off of me in that Fay Ray. Okay, That was
5: a great, one. great project. <laughs> that was my idea. Well, that was a good one. So let's say that
1: again, though, Todd, Todd, I'll let you say it. What do you want to hear? What do you want people's suggestions for? Exactly.
5: Well, for, well, okay. Right now what we're talking about is the fly. You know, mm-hmm. that's the, the big styrene thing coming. Michael's got three projects under the wood. By the way, he also has, I floated the idea of a companion piece to him. You know, I don't know if you know, Red Planet did this companion of, of a Carolyn Monroe piece that stands with Sinbad. Well, I had mm-hmm. an idea for a character that could complement the fly I said, you know, show them next to the sh- next to each other on the shelf. And I floated it to Michael, just, you know, this, I'm thinking about doing this. He had a sculpture the next day. <laughs> <laughs> He's as fast as your world winner, dude, he, man. It was amazing.
0: It needs a lot. of So word, anyway, I got the idea <laughs> of my head anyway. You
1: know. <laughs> Sometimes oh, it, man, it that's, you got to do that. Just get the idea. Out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. But anyway, we, we're just curious. I mean, what kind of, when you look at The Fly, you know, and I'm, I'm, you, know, you can put that picture up here. Here's The Fly. What do you see that guy becoming? Obviously, Return of the Fly is, is, is the obvious one. Yes, that's, that's who it's got to be. A couple little modifications, and we're there. And, and somebody's going to say, you know, Mr. Hyde. Well, you know, of course, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. Yeah. But what else is there? There's so many things from the movies, from comics. Who knows? Maybe your neighborhood. stuff that, uh, Stuff that would be an interesting part set. And and Michael's just looking for stuff to do all the time. So
0: <laughs> who knows? Yeah, he who knows what enough, people sure. will run. I think Scott wants it to be a Fay Ray modification. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's put it. a lab coat on. Let's just make money off Scott's ideas. The hell yeah, with God. that like, Yeah, bastard,
3: absolutely. Then that bastard charged me for it.
5: Okay. <laughs> okay. But the thing is, I love wish lists. I, I don't like it when they when they get nasty. Which I I, I remember the guys at uh, Mobius. Uh, Dave Metzner, I think he got that started to drive him a little bats because he'd show everybody what we're up to and every, somebody else would say, well, how about this too? Say, come come on. No, but you know, being a garage kit company and, and, you know, working digitally now, especially we can be more nimble. There's stuff that, you know, Michael can, can come up with and who knows if somebody has a good suggestion, maybe it's something we can run with. I'd be curious.
1: That'd be really cool. Uh, I hope someone has a great one of our people. Please get something in there. Uh, let's talk about the mummy that you sent us. Oh, there you yeah. go. There it is to give away. So one lucky person this episode is getting awesome. A giant mummy.
2: I don't want to take all the parts out, but it's over there. Thank you again for this. But process for these. How do you do it? Are you looking uh, at? Yeah.
0: It's all digital.
2: Okay.
0: I mean and then I printed it out and Todd uh cast it, mold it, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like I I try to take and think about what, are, what sort of the essence, what are some of the cool things about the original kit that I really like. And actually the whole thing was inspired by the fact that uh my eyes are going, right? And everybody's eyes are going as we get older <laughs> and I thought you know, you see some people are doing ridiculous paint jobs on these tiny little figures with all the little details. And I thought, well, not only would it be kind of fun to, to sculpt to paint on something larger, but it might also be fun for me to almost hyper detail and more realistically sculpt. We know that the Aurora sculpts are stylized, right? Yes. They, they, they're and they're smoother and they're not exactly quite, and that's part of their charm, right? but what if frankenstein had all of the wrinkles what if the mummy had all of the wrinkles and the dust and he's got crusty you can't yeah he's kind of out of focus but yeah like the bandages on there i did them with all like crusty sand and and texture to them so that people who really like to paint um can have a lot of fun and kind of bring them up and then bring enough of the elements of the, of the base in there so that it's obviously the Aurora Tribute, right? So the little mm-hmm. snake by his feet, I got a cobra that is now on his shoulder that's kind of hanging out oh, up there. Yeah. Um, and, and again, the original, <laughs> the original snake is pretty smooth. Uh, so I got to do all this little scale detail and people can have a lot of fun. That's, that was just the idea. I mean, anything that I'm doing is just a thing that I'm thinking, that would be cool. I'd like that and we'll see if anybody else does so um
3: so michael i'll be the elephant in the room guy kind (laughs) of and i know when we were when these were released there was a little controversy um i think people thought you just scanned aurora parts and put them together and i don't think they understood that and maybe you know and I, i know you'd explained it to me at one point but you're basically kind of just getting the shape, really, aren't you? I mean, and yeah, you're yeah, yeah. adding the details, and you're, you know, a lot of these details
0: aren't even in the kit, right? Right. So, the idea is to kind of hyper detail and and hyper modernize, right? Uh-huh. So when I was doing the photography of my kits and doing the 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 you know the lighting and the atmospheric photography, one of the things that I've been trying to do with my life in general is downsize. And I thought, well, at some point, I'm going to get rid of these kits. At some point, I'm going to sell them to a good home. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) And so what I was trying to do was do a photo documentary of my kits. So I'd have digital versions of them to, to kind of look at. And at the time, I came upon this tool that was an online photogrammetry tool. And what that means is, essentially, you take a picture of something from however many angles as you want you process it and you get a 3d model well everybody talks about how great that is but what you basically do is get a fuzzy lump that resembles you know the the model that you were that you were having so the first frankenstein that i did i took like like you would normally do for a sculpture you know left right center back top bottom and get all those proportions and put those in the background of the sculpting and that's called photo reference while you're you're sculpting that's Mm -hmm. the thing but Mm -hmm. i kind of started to on the creature i i I should dig up a picture of it because really it's kind of a fuzzy lump right (laughs) that i could grab and get those proportions of the model but then so i've got a fuzzy lump that looks like the creature and i know in my that right away that it's going to kind of match what's going on i start sculpting on that um that said each one of these things is a little bit hyper detailed and a little bit different, even than the original Aurora. And it's kind of funny that people haven't really pointed out these things. The gills on the creature are just a little, because I'm kind of sculpting in my mind's eye. What do I want? What, what do I think is cool? If I'd have been the guy that was working on this, it needs to evoke Aurora, but it doesn't have to be exactly Aurora. Well, um, and
3: I'm looking at the creature right now, the black and white photo on yeah. Todd's website, and I'm noticing the head and maybe it does on the original i've never stared at it that long looks more like the box art okay it oh, yeah. kind interesting. Of, kind yeah. of more yeah. like the box art does than you think you know yeah. that the, the original sculpt did but, I, like, um,
0: the mummy his face yeah. on the, on the tribute is much leaner you know he's got much more sunken in and i kind of i kind of even more carloft him a little bit right just to make it it's enough that you know it's the Aurora Mummy, because there's distinctive things about that, but kind of brought it into a more, what if there was a garage kit sculptor uh, doing it? So so that's the idea. It's a mix of, it's a mix of a tribute, and it's a mix of my mind's eye of some sort of perfect Aurora figure that never existed, if that makes any sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. It really
2: does. I, I like
3: them. I, I like them. I like them. I liked them since the first one and um they've gotten better I know I bought two for me at Wonderfest the Creature and the Phantom um so I, I mean I, I do like them the controversies uh, you know it, it's I stay away from that now I'm a kinder gentler me but um these are um you know like I said it's not just an exact scan and, and here it is this is a no. like you just said it's a blob. lot of work it's a yeah. blob and anyone that seen Photoshop, or not Photoshop, I'm sorry, ZBrush, and, and uh, Tony Cipriano had that first class. I don't know if either of you guys watched that. But, you know, Tony actually puts the reference photos behind his stuff. Right. also shows how me. you can take and get the shape, you yep. know. And, and so what you've kind of done is skip that section and said, okay, here is the shape, and I'll go from there.
0: So so if you're doing a, a physical sculpture in clay, right? And I've done this before where you take, you make, you do gridded paper and painters do this too. You put things on a grid and you cut them out. And then there's even ways that you can do where you breadboard out slices of foam and you cut it to ensure that you've got the proportions correct. And this is a digital way of doing that exact same thing. And then I'm, like I said, changing it to match what. Uh, what I think it ought to ought to look like. So, yeah, this is not a this is sort of a time honored technique that the digital era is changing a little bit of kind of how it is.
3: You know, obviously there's how many now five. Yeah, yeah. So there's uh at least seven or eight more to
0: do. Um... Well, so here's a here's a question for everybody. Todd and I were talking about this, right? So the idea is you you got a bigger head, but King Kong, for example. His head is about the same size of the actual kit as the mummy is, right? So does that mean that it's not worth doing this? Because you can already, like my idea of being able to get in and paint details and stuff, uh, is it not worth doing? Or should the King Kong one be gigantic? Uh, You know, twice the size again? I'm not really sure where to go with that. Um so Scott. my
1: opinion yeah here we go scott's opinion. my opinion Great. here we go my opinion make some money off this uh
3: not <laughs> um my opinion is i i would try to keep everything as close to the same size as you could now maybe if for kind of nostalgia's sake if you wanted to make the king kong and the godzilla a little bigger than the rest of them but i don't know that i'd go crazy you know, yeah. I mean they it, it,
0: it, just wouldn't look right on the shelf next well, to Well, right,
3: it and you've great. got a nice product here at a decent price. And um you know, I hate to say it I watch I'm gonna get some flack <laughs> over this. Garage kit guys are cheap, okay? <laughs> they are and <laughs> this is a nice price on these, and you also you cross over into the Aurora guys, okay, so you have that as well. Um so, I, you know, I think as close to keeping them all uniform as you can.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: And that's just my opinion. You know, there may be, trust me, with everyone, there's going to be people that say, make them life-size, and who
4: knows?
3: <laughs> <laughs> like Todd says, before you even get the next one out, you're going to get 100 suggestions on what yep. you should do afterwards. And... Um,
0: That was Jason's first question today. He's like, hey, guys, welcome to the show. What's next? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's because he's a
3: bastard. That's why. I am a bastard. Yeah. Uh, But, um, yeah, so my opinion, I I like them all on that same scale. You know, yeah, if they're going to look out of scale, sure they are. That's not the purpose of these. To me, the purpose of these is, you know, what they are and you know, I mean, let's face it, if you go back to the kits themselves, Godzilla was the same size as Frankenstein, so it's
0: true, yeah, you know but, it, uh, you know, Escape Hatch and you're looking at the website right now, again uh props to uh, Todd's web guy, Harry, because Escape Hatch what Todd's doing there with the products that he already had, the look and feel of the website, I just feel like that stuff just plops in there exactly perfectly, that was the thing that I and, uh, and we've talked about this, Todd, but, uh, you know, you've really exceeded my expectations in terms of how you're presenting it. I think Escape Hatch is turning into a place where you're going to find this kind of stuff. So I'm super happy with how that stuff is looking and how, how it's going. Um, you know, I, I got into this to sculpt and to create and do things more than I did to be a shipping and receiving department, right? <laughs> so uh, super happy. Uh, with them being- I am too. So. I I love the the
3: sets. Now that you have the mummy, you have all these little dual sets going. You know, now you got the mummy, so now you gotta like do that math equation in and and get about eighty more. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I I wasn't gonna ask Carrie to do that just yet. That's <laughs> that's what, he 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 did all those combos. It was wow, it was a lot
0: of work. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I think it's cool now that there's and and George has always sort of pushed me in this direction, like whatever you're going to do, do a series of them, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever your topic is, because then people start to collect. And in this case, let's say there's a mummy person that says, oh, that's a cool mummy thing. And then they go, oh, there's a phantom, too. Yeah, yeah, I got to have that. So um, releasing a new one tends to make people more interested in the older ones as well, because they didn't.
3: that goes back to that bastard worthling with his creature box art kit. And I only had one of those. I had the bride because I thought the bride was really cool. Yeah. And then when he comes out with the creature and he's going to do the rest of them and I'm like, now I got to buy them all. So here yeah. I am <laughs> going back and buying them all. So you're exactly right. I mean, the collector mentality just kicks in and, and, uh, yep. It's a series. Got to have them all.
1: Yeah. Todd, you sent us something else speaking of cool stuff from escape hatch. You sent us this to give away.
5: We're going to talk for a second about Tony Cipriano's uh, project. One of Tony's got this incredible backlog of sculptures that <laughs> he started over the years. <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: my god. I mean,
5: I don't. I. It's got to be the in Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Four of them are his interpretations of the monster scenes. You know, Ar- Aurora's infamous monster scene series from the uh, mid nineteen seventies. Um, I won't get too much into their background, but Tony has his own versions of uh, the Frankenstein monster, which I'm now producing, uh, Vampirella, the, the victim, or Dr. Deadly's daughter, whatever you want to call her, and Dr. Deadly himself. I hope to eventually be producing all four of them, uh, and I'm going to produce all four of them in multiple scales. But what I have right now is the Frankenstein monor- monster, Sorry, which I'm offering in. One third. I mean, it's tall for one thirteenth scale, but it should be. I love, be, but this is like a perfect monster.
1: size. I love this size.
5: Oh, yeah, I love it. I think I think yeah. it's fantastic. That's that's the one I would choose now. Surprisingly, yeah. I like that little
3: one.
1: You ready to send another one, Todd, because he's
3: going to drop it in about twenty seconds. <laughs> yeah. you shut up! You shut up! Is
0: that like one tenth scale, kind of one
5: twelfth? It's. A, it, I'm calling it one thirteenth, which is what the uh, monster scenes <laughs> were. They were one thirteenth, but it, like I say, it's a tall one thirteenth. Which again, it should be the the actual monster scenes. Frankenstein was puny. I mean, it's itty bitty. Um, this guy can stand proudly next to Doctor Deadly. And the thing is, Tony based him on the the bo- not the well, not so much the box art, but as the, the instruction art and the comic book advertising art by Neil Adams. Um, yeah. So that's what that guy looks like. He he also comes with a son of Frankenstein t- style, you know, tunic. The, got the both. Wool. Yeah, we got both. You were of them. kind
1: enough to send them both.
5: Yeah, I sell them in in either way or or, or both of them together. But uh, yeah, that's that's something I recently put on the market. The, the I have masters printed for the bigger ones, but I haven't molded them yet. I, I actually have probably probably saturating the market, oversaturating the market right now with stuff. But um, so anyway, that's what that is. That's yeah. it's all three D printed. I, I do want to point out this. I, I, since the last time we spoke my feelings about 3d printing have refined a bit i still like it a lot as a tool um you know when i see opportunities like with this frankenstein i'm going to offer them just straight off the printers i think that's pretty neat that way um but like this mummy you know michael's mummy here which i i molded myself a few weeks ago um the cobra that comes with it is 3d printed you know so it's it's this neat little hybrid this is where three D printing makes a ton of sense because I can make a couple dozen of these at once. And these I'm casting one by one and you got the nice heft of the, the resin yeah. and
1: everything. It is a nice I was shocked at how much it weighed actually when I picked it up. It's a really nice heavy piece. Which well, is thank well, you for both pre- of these. Thank oh. you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. Someone's gonna be. I was really gonna happy. say we've tried to preach that
3: whole um incorporation of three D and resin. And there's a prime example of How it works or how it can work
0: because i i I have a piece that i that i i think i showed it to you todd and it's it's a personal piece it's an original sculpt it's my own character but i showed it to george stevenson and he was just like oh that's super cool but oh i would not want to mold that thing would not want to mold it and so my answer to him is parts of this are going to be 3d printed the parts you don't want to mold right so if you've just got a figure's body but if they've got some kind of weird lattice shell around their head or something like that, why yeah. not hybridize? Why not have these things um, come together where it makes sense? I think you'll see things that you would not be able to do with resin. Frankly, you could, like that little dragon guy that you've got that moves, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, just cause it's a personal uh, interest.
5: What resin did you use? anyway i'm making the frankenstein all the resins that i use are soraya tech they're all soraya tech fast one of them is soraya tech fast gray one of them is soraya tech fast navy gray they're very similar they're very user-friendly and they're they're relatively inexpensive yeah i just uh, bought some of this navy
1: gray and i have not used it yet so this first time i've seen it in my hand so I, i like this a lot
5: really heavy pigment in the navy gray i'm finding it a little bit harder to work with than just the regular gray yeah But it does look really nice.
1: All right, no, it does look nice in person. Um, go ahead, Michael. For those that don't know or aren't
3: too familiar with digital printing, they're not by now after watching us. I don't know what, but so that mummy, and maybe you don't know off the top of your head, how long does it take to print one? A day, a day. You know, I mean that's a long print. That 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 thing. Yeah, I
0: mean that's not practical to offer these. Exactly. Yeah, like, but I do have. Like, I've got some stuff that is not in this hobby that's more fine art related. And I kind of got the idea that if I had a big enough printer and if it's fine art, you want to have something that's made by the artist. Right. And so my plan is at some point to make things like that available as one offs. They'd be really expensive, though. right? Mm -hmm. You can't if you're you can do a lot of resin in one day. But if I've got something that takes a full day, or maybe it's a couple of parts and it takes a couple of days to print, the price is going to go up. But it would be maybe print on demand. You see where I'd say, okay, I've got this piece of artwork. If you order it, I will start working on it and I will make it for you. Um, But you can't.
1: That's that's why I bought my Jupiter to do my own personal art, like fine art stuff, rather than that, to do some of my sculptures that I've been doing. So that's cool to hear. I like that. Um, before we do lose Todd or anyone, yeah. <laughs> Todd, what else did you want to hit on before we go into some other stuff?
5: Yeah, you really should talk to Michael about these werewolves he's been working on, but I'll, I'll tell you real quick, what's yeah. coming from escape Hatch. Um, We got the day the world ended just went on the market. That was uh, Joe Lodetti sculpt with some incredible box art and instruction sheets by Rainer Engel. Uh, Rainer also has uh, co co-pro- is co-producing with me, a King Ghidorah head. It's going to be a replacement for the, uh, the Monsters of the Movie Kit. You're gonna you could get a three pack of of replacement heads. Joe did Joe Ladaddy did those too. Uh Joe, while he was at it, he did a Kaiju Kong head for me, and it's gonna come with a replacement little berry juice insert. It's not quite as inspired as Scott's uh, Faye Ray figure, but at least it's something else that can go on where that awful Fay Ray figure goes on the uh the Aurora King Kong. I uh, got some stuff up with Tony Cipriano, so, you know at least more of the monster scenes i hope more of the superheroes i hope is hulk will get on the market <laughs> just... hopefully soon i've been talking about it for about a year i got projects in the work with michael with joe simon with troy mcdevitt um jasper anderson and rob madison rob madison by the way just in case i don't get the photo i'm going to show this print he sculpted Batfink. this is this is so much fun it's that the stupidest really thing i love it <laughs> oh man uh he'll actually i'll sell him in two parts but and I haven't quite decided. He's he's, he's going to be a real challenge to mold. I might just offer him off the printer, and certainly some of the parts. Um, so that's what's up with me.
1: Let's stick stay on Rob Madison for a second. Uh, Michael, you've been working on something for him too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's with Todd as well. And that's uh, uh, I, I'm going to forget the names of the people who sculpted, but Rob's got an Octoman sculpt. Mm-hmm. If you remember Rick Baker's first Octoman, who doesn't love that thing? Um, and so Rob has made i think and sold eight or ten of them some years ago and uh, he actually lives not too far from me he's in wisconsin i'm in minnesota and we've gotten together a couple times and he brought his octoman sculpt and said hey can we do kind of a digitize and you know re resurrect this as a kit because this is the only one he has kind of a neat opportunity to repart out and resurrect an older kit um our friend this-
1: jamie was just talking about this that we're going to start well, it was funny when I saw the pictures you guys sent, I'm like, oh, we just had this conversation yesterday that we're gonna start seeing this more and more where people are gonna bring up kids. So just kind of walk through the process of what you did for Rob. That like looks awesome.
0: Well, in the case of Rob, um I've got a well, you had pictures of it, right? Mm-hmm. So essentially, he has a buildup that's painted, and he didn't want to smash it into pieces in order to remold the whole thing. So again, we did the, the quick scan and the quick cleanup, and then I kind of resculpted the detail into it, cleaned it all up, I'm parting it up, and then I'm going to send those files to Todd. And Todd's going to print and then do molding and casting, and the kit will be resurrected and available again in a slightly different form, right? Because the details are going to be a little bit different, but the, you know, the essential uh, form of the thing is going to be intact to what that original kit was. So, um, so it's been kind of a fun thing to work on with these guys as well. So
1: you can totally like the detail. I think this is going to be,
0: but I mean, if you look at, I've got the Rick Baker metamorphosis book, right? And the stories of making that thing. So when I went to detail this and to re-sculpt it, essentially, I to be honest, I said to Rob, I'm going to really make it craptacular. I'm going to like I'm not going to hyper detail this as though Octoman was a real living thing. Yeah. I'm going to make it look like Rick Baker glued a bunch of plastic sheets on some foam. <laughs> Cuz that's what it is. That's right?
1: cr- I think we need I think more of that is what's needed. Like I want to, like you never see the zippers on the Godzilla suit or <laughs> or or like on Ultraman's back. No one will ever sculpt how he got like how it goes on there, like, and I think more of that is is a great idea. What you just I'm said, I'm gonna have is, to make talk make to Rob. Like maybe
0: we should, maybe I should add the zippers in the back of the suit. <laughs> because uh, yeah, like, I Rick's story of shooting that thing, he said something like, "I told them here's all the ways you shouldn't shoot this suit." Yeah. and the very first shot that is shown in the movie is exactly what he told them <laughs> not to do, and you can see everything wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the. Tra- that's why we love these things, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's so bad it's good, and you yeah. just gotta. Love it, so. Yeah. And you we'll be- put zippers in the back. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
5: I want to mention man. that Jeff Johnson did the original sculpture, by the way. Right. Je- Jeff's a terrific guy. You know, uh, obviously sculpted in clay, and Rob sold that thing for pennies. So yeah rob's, rob's what,
3: a, what a bastard that guy is huh
5: nobody he's likes that it, <laughs> He he's a real like joy of the hobby guy. guy we love yep.
0: him he's, he's just fun. here having and, fun with it i should mention that not only is this rob's kit and he asked me to do this but that jeff is also aware of what's going on so nobody everybody's in the loop on this thing it's not like anybody's gonna pop up and say oh you're reissuing my work yeah. and Right, right, This is one of those cases where everybody's on the same page, and it's about bringing. Perfect.
3: So Rob has a, uh, one of my King Kong kits. It's 18 inches tall. It's huge. Okay. And, and I talked to him. I said, man, we should have Mike scan that. And because it would free me up. One of the things about that kit, you know, and again, it goes back to what Todd says. Everyone's got an idea. And one of the things about my kit was it's too big. It's too big. Now, if I would have made it smaller, of course, it would have been, well, you should have made it studio scale. You should have made it studio scale. So this offers a guy like me the opportunity to say, hey, Mike, will you scan this? Let's clean it up. And it gives me the opportunity to either print them smaller, gives me the opportunity to, um, you know, offer STLs if I choose to do it that way, you know, and, and sell STLs. Well, Um, I think, you know, so there's a lot of things that can be done with it. This is
0: a good point. And this has got to do with the ethics of the hobby and with Mm -hmm. um, looking at new technology as a way to come up with new things to do that are not necessarily evil. Right. Right. And, And this is a case where. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to help you out with that. That sounds like a lot of fun, and these tools can be wielded for good, <laughs> you know? That's the kind of thing. that's mm-hmm. and, and a so. lot of people have told me, I love your King Kong, but it's
3: so big. Okay, well, here's a smaller version. Is it going to be an exact copy? No, it's not going to be an exact copy, but it's going to be the same shape, it's going to be the same pose, it's going to you know i think
0: you know none none of this stuff is auto magic it requires work it requires skill and artistry and it's not like you take a picture and then you hit print you know it's not it's not like that but uh we'll take that offline and talk about that scott if you want to do it i'd be happy to oh
1: yeah absolutely
3: Yeah. Uh yeah oh no
1: Oh, no. We've birthed a new project. Oh, no.
3: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Rob and I have talked about it. So, okay. That project's kind of been in the test tube for a while. Okay. So it, <laughs> but, but the guy's been in Arizona the whole time. So, he hasn't been in Minnesota for a while. So, you know, you can't it's make okay. the detail
1: better than the one I own. So, I won't be. <laughs> Get over it. It can't look better than the one I <laughs> Well, it's not going to be as big as
3: the one you own. Look at that. Okay. Way. We'll do
1: that. All right. Perfect. Uh, What else? Before we go, what do you want to hit on? Werewolves. Werewolves, that's right. You gotta Um, talk about the werewolves. Werewolves. So Dog Soldiers is one of the best werewolf movies ever. Ever. And when I saw this pop up, I was like, oh man. So talk to me about the Dog Soldiers kit that you're working on. Okay,
0: This is not, I mean, thanks to Todd, because this is about Escape Hatch, but this has got nothing much to do with (laughs) Escape Hatch, except that he's been hearing me go through the Pain and suffering of doing it. Uh, this is a fellow named uh, Tito Ramos, and he's got a thing called AR Studios, and he's interested in creating some werewolf models. Um, and another guy, Anthony from Hormiga Enterprises. So these guys are collaborating to release a series of werewolves. And uh, Tito found me through George Stevenson. So I've been digitally sculpting dog soldiers and kind of getting myself in trouble because he said, I want a werewolf sculpt. And I said, Well, the movies, the reason it's cool is there's multiple werewolves. (laughs) So suddenly we're doing werewolves and, oh, and they're fighting soldiers. So wouldn't it be cool if there was a soldier and, Uh, and a wall and, uh, yeah. And then, uh, somehow or another, I didn't listen closely enough. And I've been doing this for a long time. So you'd think I would understand how to bid projects and how to do this, but he wanted that in one fifth scale. So I'm working. I'm working digitally, and so it's like, oh, there's this little diorama, and then I started printing the pieces out, and I'm like, whoa, the thing is 16 inches tall. Speaking, I don't know how tall is your King Kong, like 18, and he's 18. Yeah, Yeah, he's 18. So, uh, so this is a massive piece. It's a diorama with three figures, and uh, it has. It took me um, over a month to print. To 3D print the parts, <laughs> a full month of printing to make this thing happen. If you wonder why there aren't that many kits like this, it's because they are massive undertaking. I'm really proud of uh, how it turned out. Uh, they are super happy, and it's going into molding and casting right now. So you'll have to find uh, Tito Ramos. I'll on, put
1: information uh, up here. I'll, I think I think I have it.
0: Yeah, so he's I the guy know. that you'll buy this thing from. But um, yeah, it's just just it's massive and i it's kind of cool because he's really into the werewolves and really wanted to show dog soldiers it's his favorite werewolf movie and it is for an awful lot of people and again i'm sort of bringing my own little aurora brain well there has to be a little story here the 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 kit mm-hmm. has to kind of have something going on not just the figure standing there it's a moment in time so um Anyway, you show the pictures of yeah. it, and uh, and and like I said, it has been a real battle to get this huge kit out the door. But I'm proud of it. I'm happy. He's happy, and it's pretty cool. So it cool. is. That, it story. is
3: actually. I'm looking at it and going, that is really cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, awesome. and Thank when you here. talk about Aurora elements, the first thing I look at is the base and the floor, and I'm like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde because there's of a little
0: of that. There's you know, anything. it's got a little of that, and it's. I broke some Aurora rules. Scott McKillop and I have this little sort of list of things that Aurora kits can do and things that they can't do. And that's another topic for another. But just analyzing what makes an Aurora kit look like an Aurora kit, how they're proportioned, how they're posed, how much detail is in there. There's certain things that you just don't want to do. And the giant wall in the background being bigger than the figures is something that if I was going to do an Aurora kit, I wouldn't make the wall that big. Cause you want to have that head of the figure kind of be the focal point at the top of the diorama, if, unless you're a forgotten prisoner, you're forgotten then. So, yeah, so they, they forgot
3: their rules when they did the forgotten prisoner. <laughs>
0: that's the only, that's the only one that, that, that isn't. And then of course the witch and the bride are a little bit more like a diorama. Right. But all your classic, yeah. classic uh, figures are that way. But yeah, I wanted to tell a little story and um I got myself in trouble because I just kept suggesting things. And of course he's going to go, yeah, <laughs> huh. same price, right? Same price. And I go, ah, okay. You know, <laughs> cause I'm too excited. Yeah. Oh my. All right. Well,
1: uh, yeah. Todd, anything you got secret that you want to hint at or anything coming up? No, anything
5: sneak peeks? I, you know, I don't have any sneak peeks. The, okay. the main thing I can actually say, um, the, the thing I'm working, I'm trying to figure this out with Joe Simon, exactly how I, I'm, I'm wondering about Kickstarter um and whether I want to try it because we are going to do the replacement. We're not going to do a replacement stuff for the guillotine. Cult TV man, you know, Steve Iverson is about to reissue the Aurora guillotine, the polar lights molds through his doll and hobby Georgia, you know, banner, his new company. Um, We are going to, we're going to do the French soldiers cutting the guy's head off. So that's going to be three figures. Uh, That's, that's going to be a pretty ambitious project. So I'm trying to figure out exactly how to get that. You know what I'd like to get
3: is a Jason Walker head to put on the guillotine so that I could just sit here and let that string go and cut his head off daily. Okay. (laughs) Every time he says something, I don't like so, I, think, okay. I think
5: obviously this is a guaranteed moneymaker because you know after the Faye Fay Ray thing. After the Faye Ray, how could that go wrong? <laughs> Who doesn't?
0: Yeah,
1: everyone cut have, my head off. All right, I think just
0: <laughs> from doing this video tonight and him moving his head left and right, I have enough data that I could probably. <laughs> I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> right
1: there. There I'm go. all in. The checks this. in the mail. There you go. So, you know. Let <laughs> my my Polish backhead. Uh, okay, how does, how does everybody get a hold of everybody, Michael? Con- Contact info, where do people find you if they want to hire you for anything or reach out and get I mean, anything done? I'm
0: on, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I've got an email I can give to you if folks want to email sure, me. Sure. Uh, you know, most of the model kit folks these days are all hanging out on Facebook. So yeah. that seems to be where things are at. Um, I was going to go and actually advertise on the clubhouse at one point, but I've only posted on there like three times. And so the rules are, I can't, even though I've been going there for 15 years i can't do anything because <laughs> i wasn't a participant so yeah, find probably. me on facebook or you know what contact todd and and because our you know what we're doing together is uh is really working and cool. uh, there might be things that we want to continue to do together so escape hatch is kind of the place to be these days mm-hmm. todd give us that website
1: again and any other contact info you want to give out
0: well it's easy it's just
5: escapehatchhobbies.com is my website um Spelled just the way it's supposed to. And Escape Hatch Hobbies also has a Facebook page. You can find me in all these groups. You can find me on the Clubhouse. Um, just Todd Powell. I, often Todd P. It's it's always me.
1: Excellent. And I'll put all that information down below for everybody. So if you want to just link on over, we'll be there. Thanks guys for joining us. This has been fantastic. Can't wait to see everything you got coming out.
2: It looks yeah. amazing. So well, thanks guys. Thank you.
1: Thanks, for guys. And thanks for the donations, Todd. Uh, <laughs> yeah excellent
2: and mike those are are from michael too at least and michael yep yep. awesome thanks
1: all right everybody we're back that was our interview what'd you think scott that's quick no (laughs) it was like perfect it was like on the nose one hour it was the first time ever great Uh, but great stuff in there thank you for the giveaways we really do appreciate it they're doing some great stuff support those guys and thanks yeah we appreciate anybody that comes on this stupid show so
3: yeah and anybody that donates anything again the Jaeger army cards shoot an email hit the button and um so you want in for the Jaeger army cards we've got three of those we're going to give away Yep.
1: email us at model
3: at gmail.com and then the other giveaways comment and, which ones um, you want which ones you want and uh don't forget that thumbs up button that helps
1: Please subscribe.
3: Subscribing helps. Like, comment, uh, watching the whole episode helps. Now, just I go if you don't
1: even want to watch it. Just yeah, just let turn it, it on and leave. Mute it and let, let it, it roll. roll. <laughs> okay. Um, Although we've met our hours, we like we're good. We I just need subscribers, okay. man. Like we need subscribers time. now. Okay. Which, Tell your friends and family. I think parents. there's only five hundred people in this hobby anyway. So you two girls, you on the beach, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe. All right, we have two emails. We have no voicemails, but here's the voicemail number. That didn't work. That that was weird. 708-816-4299 is the voicemail. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we don't get many of those, which I thought for sure we would get a lot. We don't. Uh, But 708-816-4299. Bruce, Bruce, call in. Threaten Scott's life.
2: You
3: and Peter Jackson, come on over. (laughs) You can beat me. You can beat me up. I'll let you stay in my hey, house. you over.
1: might uh, you might want to make friends with Peter Jackson. That's all I'm saying. Um, I
3: I don't dislike the man. I just I know,
1: but I'm just saying you.
3: I, I don't know that I could have him in my house if if his discussions are longer than his movies. I'd probably fall <laughs> Which asleep. Which brings on.
1: me to Phil Kupka's email. I Phil uh, sent this in. Do you, no wait. Let me start over. No, I did not fall asleep during this long episode. Despite the fact that the content was, for the most part, centered around 3D sculpting and printing, Eric was quite the entertaining and informative guest. Since this old guy isn't into the 3D printing scene, I don't have much to talk about. But, Scott, I have to agree with you on the Marathon Let It Be documentary. I watched the first segment on Christmas Day with my daughter, who is my second generation Beatles fan. Her dad raised her right. And that was enough for me. I never watched the rest of this news fest, though I am a huge Beatles fan. I would have preferred they show show just the rooftop concert and that's it. The rest was boring. That's it, except some attached photos. So he's got a bunch of kits in the gallery. So he agreed with you. There's other people online completely disagreed with you. So
3: and I did. Um, I did email Phil and told him that you could just get away with watching episode the third one and um and like i said in the last episode they do show the whole rooftop concert and then the other cameras at the same time like so you saw what was going on while they were performing so it was um yeah, it's just like the king kong movie it was like the last 10 minutes were great you know the last uh the end of the uh probably the last hour of the documentary was really good um, okay and i'm not saying the documentary was horrible. I'm saying it was too fucking long. But, I, again, okay. I think
1: if you're a Beatles fan.
3: I'm a Beatles fan. It was oh, yeah, too yeah. long. Maybe
1: you're not a good enough Beatles
3: The fucking fan. documentary was longer than they were together. Okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: All right. Our next email is from Chuck Homolka. Just wanted to say you guys did another fantastic episode. Keep up the great work. Saw that this new Yemer model kit is coming out. They say it is 12 inches tall. And this is, the picture is here. It's one of those, uh, it's a collaboration. I don't know if it's a pre-paint model kit where they're putting No, it, I think it's a vinyl is kit, it actually. A vinyl pre-paint, like, plugged together. Well, I don't together? Even know if it's pre-painted. Is it not I think, painted? I don't know, for okay. sure. So we're going to have to check these out, because I know X Plus put a bunch of these Harryhausen tribute pieces out, and some of them are really expensive and really kind of cool looking. So check it out. If anyone, I think it's Star Toys. I can't, I have to look at the picture closer. Yeah, Star uh, to- Toys with X-Plus in Kotobayuka, I think. Is, is that how you say it? Kotobakaya. Um, So with the three of them kind of collabing together to make these. And there's some great stuff. The second part of this email. Besides that, I had a question for Scott. I know Wonderfest is in a bit in the future, but plans are starting to be made. This year, I might be having Brian Clark carpool with me. What should I do to prepare myself for this trip? cheers chuck scott what should he do well i'd start out with shock
3: absorbers (laughs) okay (laughs) that's i would start out with shock absorbers okay then the second thing would probably be earplugs because if you had to listen to him droll on trying to be funny okay you would probably want to drive yourself off the road and commit suicide so um Matter of fact, take the suicide hotline number with you because after about an hour in the car with him, you're going to start to seriously think about it. Um, The shock absorbers for sure. Um, I'm probably thinking he's kind of funky, too. So I'd maybe bring some Febreze or something and uh, go from there. Uh, And don't turn your back if you're sharing a room with him. Don't turn your back. That's all I'm saying. I mean. If you want to, that's, you know, that's your business, but you know, um, because lately he has been sending me some disturbing messages about his, um, endowment, which I highly doubt, but, uh, you know, let's, uh, see how that goes. Um, but yeah, so that's a little creepy. Uh, good luck. Um, if it's, if it's a money issue, you need some money to fly a hundred bucks or something i'll save you send me some i'll send you the fucking money to fly I, if you can get out of this good luck because uh <laughs> yeah i don't know what to say okay there you go how about that clark how's your basketball team now you got a lot of catching up to do
1: okay that's episode 39 everyone we'll see you soon take care